This should be played at high volume. Vickers blocking his teammate, white flag this time, one to go. He's got to block two teammates to win it though. Welcome to the Pit Stop here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Brett Wiseman with James Wilson and our very special guest this afternoon, Alex Bowman, driver of the number 48 Ally Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports. How you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show here. Big get for us. Um, you've, let's address the elephant in the room here, I guess. You've stepped into one of, if not the greatest rides in in NASCAR right now. What does it mean to you to to hop into the to the forty eight a, a number in a car that's got so much so much history behind it? Yeah, it's really cool. Um, you know, obviously, it's an honor to drive any car for Hendrick Motorsports, but to drive the forty eight is is really neat. To be working with the Ally so far has been a lot of fun. Uh, really enjoying that and just. Uh, trying to make the most of it. You know, it's been a little bit of a, of a rougher start to the season than we would have liked, but obviously getting the pole for the Daytona 500 was really cool. And, um, you know, going forward, just uh, need to get some wins and, and contend for the championship by the end of the year. But it's it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, you, you talked about how much an honor it is to, to drive for Hendrick. Um, what, what's the culture like at Hendrick for those that, that don't know? Because it, it it's, it's, it's a winning culture, I would say. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think, you know, you, you just look at the stats and the history and, you know, the, the big names that have been through there. And um, HMS has just had so much success over the years that, uh, you know, that's that's obviously expected all the time. So just, uh, you know, trying to uphold that. It, it's kind of been a, an interesting couple of years for HMS, but obviously Chase getting the championship last year was really good. And, um, you know, we're kind of headed back in the right direction from from kind of where we were in like 18 and 19 so uh it's it's been a lot of fun to be a part of it and uh hopefully be there for a long time yeah you you talked about the the step up that that we're taking here uh, yourself moving into the 48 uh byron getting his first win last year of course chase getting the championship kyle larson stepping on uh boosts everything up a little bit more i think uh did did Jimmy give you any pieces of advice uh, when when you knew that you were going to step into the forty eight? Um, I mean, we talked about it, but but I think the biggest thing is I just have to go do my thing and, and be my own person. Um, you know, Jimmy, I'm not going to be you know Jimmy Johnson. I can only be me. So right, just trying to um, to make it my own and and enjoy it from where I sit, really not much change. You know, I'm, I'm with the same team, same crew chief, same guys. Uh, it was really just a number and partner change. So um, remembering to stop in the 48 pit box, but other than that, everything's about the same. And remembering to stop on the chicanes last week on the, on the road course that that was tough for some guys <laughs> and running yeah. through the grass too. Um, talk about the first couple of weeks of the season here, how things have gone. I know it's been a bit of a, a, a different thing schedule-wise, but what are you looking for going into Homestead this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the 500 obviously was a, a disappointment crashing so early. 
getting caught up in somebody else's mess, kind of typical speedway racing. And we had high hopes for the road course last weekend. Um, we just got some damage really early that, that probably hurt us quite a bit for the rest of the day. And, you know, we still got out of there with a solid top 10, but uh, we were hoping for a lot more than that. So going to Homestead, uh, we have a much better starting spot than we had last week. And, you know, we just need to, to capitalize and, and have a good solid day. I feel like our mile and a half program is probably our strongest program. Um, you know, we struggled a little bit there last year, but towards the end of the year, you know, our mile and a half stuff was, was really, really good. So if we can get out of there with a, a good solid top five and, and contend for the win, that, that'd be great. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that. Um, and of course, you know better than me, but consistently Hendrick's mile and a half program has been, uh, one of the, one of the tops in, in the cup series, you know, for, for years and years now. Um, I think we saw a bit of a decline in that last year, but, um, even with the schedule changes this year, I think the mile and a half portion of the schedule becomes even more important uh, for you guys. I do want to get your thoughts on this though, uh, because you're a pretty good road course racer yourself. I don't know how good of a dirt racer you are. I'm sure you're good, uh, but uh, I know they just announced the heat races at Bristol dirt. Uh, what do you think about that? And, and the other uh, schedule changes this year, what are you looking forward to with that? Yeah, I'm all for, you know, new and exciting things. So um, obviously Bristol dirt is going to be really interesting. All the new road courses is going to be really cool. Going back to Nashville is going to be neat. Um, so I'm excited for all of it, you know, Bristol dirt specifically. I'm really curious to see how it plays out. It's a really long dirt race. It's in the middle of the day. Um, there's a lot of very unorthodox things about that schedule and, and things that you don't normally see with dirt racing. So I'm excited to see how the racetrack holds up and how the race cars hold up and kind of just how it works. But um, you know, all of it, all of it's really neat. The road courses are, are going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, the Ally 400 in, in Nashville might be my favorite schedule change, but, uh, I might be a little bit partial towards that. I'm excited to see him go back to Nashville because all the, uh, the Bush and, and nationwide races that I've gone back and watched there, the racing's really competitive. And I do think that, like you said, Hendrick is, is going to have a really competitive, uh, engine package when they go there. How much time have you spent? Um, since those changes were announced on iRacing, trying to get ready for the tracks that, uh, even though you're going to have practice and qualifying at those tracks that, that have never been driven on before, how much time have you spent on iRacing or other sims trying to get used to it? Um, probably not as much as you'd think. Uh, I feel like, you know, typically with a simulator, we're, we're working on kind of what's immediately in front of us, and um, we haven't got too far ahead of ourselves. Obviously, we don't go to Coda for a while and that's kind of the first, first new one for us. So, um, the, the Bristol dirt deal, um, you know, isn't on iRacing yet. So I feel like once that comes out, I'll, I'll be on there quite a bit, but, uh, it, it's just, you know, those things were, were typically like this week we were working on homestead stuff. Right. And, um, you know, from there we're, we're just going to work on, what's uh what's immediately in front of us and, and use it to try to make our race cars better but i think it's a great tool for us to use to to learn those new race tracks and uh we're gonna be doing a lot of that of course you've got uh seven or eight races of the return of the pro invitational series from last year um that are originally scheduled so that's going to be fun too going down the road here i think bristol dirt is going to be put in specifically for that but like the week of i i haven't heard anything official on that uh i know you got to get out of here but last thing for you this is the second um, quote-unquote legendary ride, I guess you could say, that you've stepped into 
um, uh, following Dale Jr. and now seven-time champion Jimmy Johnson. What does it mean from from Rick Hendrick's standpoint of things that he's tabbed you uh, to go into not one but but two uh, quote-unquote legendary rides now? Yeah, it's it's really neat. Um, you know, it, it means a lot to me that Mr. H and everybody at Ally have faith in me to take over the 48, obviously, for, for Mr. H to have faith in me a couple years ago to take over the 88. I feel like that situation probably prepared me for, for the 48 car and just kind of knowing what to expect and knowing the questions that I'm going to get for the next couple years about what it's like to take over the 48. So, um, you know, it's it's really cool. At the same time, from my point of view, like I would put the same pressure on myself and, and want to win just as bad regardless of the car number. But, you know, going forward, um, knowing that you're driving a car with so much history and uh, and working with a great brand like Ally, it's, it's really cool. It is cool for sure. And, you know, I, I can't wait to see what you and the rest of this kind of new look Hendrick team uh, does here this year. Good luck this weekend at Homestead and the rest of the season. Alex, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks. Have a good one. Take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk some more NASCAR, as always, here on the Pit Stop on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pit Stop here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. We're talking some really good NASCAR here, Brett. Uh... The Daytona Road Course, that was kind of an interesting one. To say the least. Yeah, that was <laughs> I fun. Mean, that was intriguing. Um, uh, we, we saw some really wild finishes on that one. Uh, but let's talk about the big one. Let's talk about it. Let's just jump right into it. The yellow. The infa- now infamous caution. Um, right. You know that I felt very strongly about this. Oh, very, yeah. Um, yeah, I- I think it was absurd to throw it. Um, look, the excuse for it was good, right? Right. Go back and watch. I don't know if you've watched Radioactive yet, um, mm-hmm. but go back and watch it. Um, Chase Elliott's crew chief says, oh, the, the Speedway turn two, which is on the road course, is what, like turn six or turn eight or something? So one, like one of the bank turns, he said Speedway two is wet. And Chase Elliott was like, no, it's not. Yeah, I'm on it good. right now. It's not wet. <laughs> <laughs> and there were multiple guys that came over the radio and said, okay, we're hearing from NASCAR that the track is getting wet and they're going to throw it. And the drivers were like, it, it's literally not, I, this is fine. Like, like, bro, what are you doing? Exactly. Like, and that's not only screwed um, a lot of guys from good finishes. I don't think it screwed anybody necessarily from the win. It screwed uh, for sure. Chase Elliott out of a top 10. Yeah. It screwed William Byron out of a top 10 because he had to pit and had a loose wheel as a result for the pit stop. I mean, I think it screwed Chase Elliott out of a win, wouldn't you think? I don't know about that because he, well, he was like 6th or 7th at that point, but look, we knew he was going to fight his way to the front at, at, at some point, right? It, right. He's going to start sending it. You know, He's going to start dive-bombing, into, especially into the bus stop, just dive-bombing his car and you know seeing what sticks. Right, exactly. That's and, how you. That's how you do a road course in NASCAR. You just there's there's very little skill required. You just dive bomb into any chicane or any corner, uh, and you try and hold your own on the oval. 
that's how or, uh, that's how you do it on a roval right right um I still think Chase Elliott had a really good chance to win, even though I didn't predict him to win. I still, uh, I still really thought that Kevin Harvick had a good shot, and uh, we'll probably go zero for three to start the season on our predictions when we get to Homestead. But more on that later. But I think there's there's a little bit of give and take here. So a lot of people were like freaking out, especially NASCAR specific media, um, saying. Oh, NASCAR is they're basically they're just trying to pick the outcome. Is this a WWE? No, it is not. NASCAR wanted something exciting. They did not decide Christopher Bell would get that first career win, but they should. No, there's no way to do that. But they right. decided when to throw the caution. Yeah, they to definitely make they definitely knew what they were doing, right? They brought them back together, and that's I mean, at the end of the day, that's the whole point of competition cautions is to bring the pack back together, restart, and they have to fight for positions again that is the entire point of scheduled cautions do we not realize that do people think it's just so that drivers can take a chill pill for two laps every no bro that is so that you can catch back up to everybody the guys that are lapped out or you know the first guy in the lap down could get back put on the lead lap there is no gain for the person up front but there is limitless gain for people that might have especially on like a super speedway when oh, you yeah. get, if when you that stay out, back, yeah. yeah, you're kind of that's that that second, you know, that competition caution works for you more than it works for anybody. I I I think people need to they they need to stop worrying about what NASCAR is going to do. I think NASCAR is going to try and make a lot of changes this year. But one thing that did stick with me was somebody I don't remember who it was. I would I would credit them if they did, if I remember. But um, they said something about along the lines of, "Look, McDowell wins the 500, first career win. Christopher Bell, who is a second drive second year driver, and really he's only done two races in competitive equipment because he was with LFR last year. First career win." And what they said was, look, if every single race is exciting and mind-blowing and crazy, none of them are. And that is true. And that is That's something we need point. to worry about. Yeah. So it's kind of funny going into Homestead. It's like, we might want a dud. You know, we might just want like some random guy to just win it all. I always root for for underdog drivers or drivers that have never won if, you know, if, if one of my guys is out of it. But mm. look... This is the first time since 1950 that we've had back-to-back first-time winners. Wow. The first time since 1950. I remember that, I was there. No, no, you weren't. Um, might have been. You don't know. No, I'm, I, then again, I don't know. You could have been reincarnated for all I know. Um, but look, I, I, think, I think that point's good, right? Because, you know, if every race has these, the storylines start to wear themselves out. You know, right. And, um, no, NASCAR is not deciding who's going to win the race. They're deciding when to make things interesting. Look at the, uh, the truck race two weeks ago, uh, when they threw the caution when, oh God, what's his name? Ben Rhodes was 600 feet from the start finish line from taking (laughs) the white flag. And the, the flag man had the white flag in his hand, saw the wreck pulled the white flag back and then waved the yellow. Like he could have easily waved both at the same time and ended the race. They didn't didn't. want to do it. They didn't want to do it because the second Ben Rhodes crosses, the race is over. I think they, 
the the 500 finish was an exciting one due to the wreck but it's like that i want to see people race to the win obviously i want to see people cross the finish line technically they didn't go 500 miles if we look at it in that perspective you know they didn't get all the way back around the track in fact right. but there was a, there was a reason that rule was one? taken out with, with well deciding me cut you off there was a reason that rule was taken out in terms of safety because you race full speed back to the line and somebody's still stuck on the front stretch then and can't move like, oh, I mean, yeah, I yeah. understand it. I'm just saying, I I, I would have preferred it. Yeah, that they race to the win. Trust me, I understand about because there's that, nothing more dangerous that than scenario, a car yeah. in a full speed car. Right in that scenario, yeah, I would have loved to have seen him race back to the line, but you know, it is what it is. NASCAR is gonna. They have a lot of interesting decisions coming up, especially with how they're going to handle Bristol dirt and what. And, and I didn't put this in the show. So, you know, I, I hope you're ready for this. We could probably talk more about it later on once once the race is uh, right upon us, which it's pretty soon. Um, what warrants a caution at Bristol? Uh, on dirt? Yeah, we're going to have to be a whole lot more lenient with those yellow flags than we're normally used to. See, right? Normally you gonna- bang into the wall at somebody and you slide a little bit. Oh, that's a yellow flag, but <clears throat> in the dirt? You, you and I are going to have to go back and watch the truck races at Eldora. Yeah. Because I think that'll give, and I encourage a lot of people to do that uh, if you really want to get as technical as we do. Um, I I think that needs to be looked at because that's a, that's a good measuring stick, right? But the thing with Eldora is it's kind of wide, though. There's not going to be a lot of people contacting the outside wall just in general. Right, because it's a dirt-specific track. It's designed right. to be that wide. It's designed right. for you to slide all over the place. Bristol's not designed for that. All they did was put dirt over the concrete. Yeah. And take well, out the safer barrier because they're not going that fast. Oh, yeah. There's no need for a safer barrier. I, I think if they get up to 120 miles an hour, they're no, there's no way. That's even that's even an overkill. I was gonna the, the fun part of this race is not going slow. to be the speed that we normally see at Bristol. No. The fun part of this race is going to be the fact that we're gonna see uh 40 of the best drivers in the world. On dirt for the first time, that on, on on a grander scale than you know the chili bowl, you know. Yeah, this is this is going to be. Yeah, you're right. This is going to be the 40 best uh, uh, NASCAR drivers in the world racing on dirt. But you know what I'm excited to see is just the dirty cars, the 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 diecast. Oh, I'm excited that you know how Lionel's doing that checkers or wreckers uh, series that they're getting ready to roll out. Of course, I can't wait for the uh, the demolition derby car from whatever Ooh, ends up from this because there's that'll be a good one. There, it, it's going to turn into that, okay? Because it's, it's gonna dirt. Be there's going to be beating and banging, and guys are going to be all over each other, door to door, like Boyer and Gordon were in the pre race show on Sunday, which was hilarious, by the way. Yeah, it was pretty good. I was a fan of it. Um, let's move on here. Worldwide Technologies, a company you're fond of. They left NASCAR all of a sudden and Richard Petty Motorsports. And the only thing they, the only connection they have is that they still have the ownership rights to the name over that track in St. Louis. That's kind of a given. They just abandoned them all of a sudden. And we still don't know exactly why. They were on the car and the fire suit in all the warm up. In fact, they were on a fire suit on what I would imagine is for a color scheme that had yet to be ran. The black. Air Force fire suit that Eric Jones was photographed wearing 
Uh, I don't think they've ran an Air Force specific scheme yet. Matt, they I'm, haven't. No. I, right. I'm. You know. I'm, I'm positive. Right. Yeah. Uh, they were on the car the in, at, at the 500. So, what the heck happened? Your guess is you as know? good as mine. Right. Like, like, I, I. I don't know. But look, is it a situation like with with uh, with Money Lion where they were almost forced to give up the sponsorship because there was some kind of you know. Ponzi scheme scandal or, or some kind of financial thing. I, I don't think that's what happened, but something had to have happened that forced their hand to leave, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. Well, early terminations of sponsorship contracts are few and far between. However, Richard Petty himself has not always been the best uh, handler in the ownership perspective with sponsors. Uh, he has badmouthed some of his sponsors before. Uh, Smithfield, he did that a few years ago. Uh, and uh, they went with Eric Amarola when Eric Amarola walked. So that might be it. However, I really doubt it. I, I, yeah, I, I doubt it too. But uh, look, it's got it's, the coming days. It's got to be one of those things where, like, like as you said, either somebody badmouthed them, uh -huh. something forced their hand, right? right? This doesn't just happen out of the blue. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be uh, an interesting one to see what comes out of that. I'm really curious, especially for a team that a lot of their sponsorship money was coming from their previous driver, Bubba Wallace, who's bringing them a lot of money because he was just he got famous all of a sudden. But Eric Jones didn't he didn't come over with a lot of sponsorships. In fact, I don't know a single brand uh, that he brings to the table. I know Columbia. I know. Uh, well, Columbia left with Bubba. With no, they did not. They stayed. They okay. went. They okay. they they stayed, and they they went with both. They went with the okay. forty three and the twenty three. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So, uh, there's one other McDonald's. McDonald's also went with Bubba and stayed with the forty three as well. Uh, I believe they're with the forty two. Yeah, they've been on the forty two as well. Yeah. They, remember, they, Ross, yeah, Ross Chastain went to uh, McDonald's uh, yes. in, in, during the rain delay. Yeah, yeah, but they they sponsor like two or three cars. Yeah, I mean that you you've got sponsors like that, right? Bass Pro Shops basically sponsors three cars because they were on Ty Dillon's uh, GBR ride trying to get into the five hundred. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how he raced his way. That was, on a, the good, road that was a good scheme. Yeah. That was a really good scheme because and, and plus they've got. Coffee? Yeah, it was basically Gra Noah Gragson's Xfinity scheme on a Toyota. I mean, it was basically copy and paste, but it still looked good. It looked great. It looked great. I, well, I don't really like the way the Xfinity Camaros look, so. Yeah. I just got a flat nosed. Kinda yeah. yeah. But yeah. That's, a, that's a discussion for another day. All right, Brett, we're going to go ahead and take a break real quick. You're listening to The Pit Stop here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. 